welcome to WCULA Operation Pass and Clicks. Congratulations to those of you who completed your 493 exit exam. It is now time for you to start participating in VATI and getting ready to take your NCLEX. If you've decided to participate in VATI, please do not forget to keep communications constant with Ms. Wheeler. And those of you who've decided to not participate in VATI, we do strongly urge you to reconsider. Those of you who are going into 493, congratulations, you are almost done. Those of you who are still studying to take your NCLEX, keep pushing. You've got this. Get yourself ready to go. And if you're still a student at West Coast and you are entering any other course, good luck. Keep pushing. You are one more term closer to completion. During this week's podcast, we're going to look at development through the lifespan. This is just a quick overview of things that you need to be aware of as a nurse starting with patients that are in utero all the way through their last years. Hey guys, let's begin to cover our health promotion guidelines across the lifespan. This is hopefully going to be quick, fast, down and dirty. So starting at the intrauterine developmental stage, we need for the fetus to get oxygen and the fetus is going to get oxygen from the mom through the placenta. The placenta has umbilical arteries that carry deoxygenated blood away from the fetus and umbilical veins which carry them to the fetus. Mom's respiratory rate and cardiac output will increase during her pregnancy as well as her blood flow by about one-third which is going to peak at eight months. The fetus is going to obtain nourishment from placental circulation and actually by swallowing amniotic fluid. Nutritional needs by the fetus are met when mom eats a well-balanced diet with sufficient calories. Remember, it's no more than 500 calories per fetus. Um, for adequate folic acid, we need the fetus to receive B vitamins to prevent neural tube defects. And folic-rich foods, green leafy vegetables, oranges, dried beans, and it is suggested that she take a vitamin supplement, namely her prenatal vitamins, to ensure that she gets enough vitamins and minerals for the baby. The fetus is going to sleep most of the time and will develop a pattern of sleep and wakefulness that's going to continue on after delivery. It usually takes about uh, until the 20th week for mom to feel fetal movement, which is called quickening. Sometimes it can happen as early as 16 weeks. The fetus does eliminate, so feces are formed in the intestines from swallowed amniotic fluid and they're not excreted until the fetus is born. However, if the fetus does have a bowel movement in utero or right during delivery, it's called meconium and the fetus is at risk for infection with, because of the meconium. Uh, the fetus does excrete urine and that starts to happen around 16 to 20 weeks. The amniotic fluid keeps the baby at a normal temperature, but mom is uh, cautioned against using hot tubs, saunas, super hot bathtubs or showers. The risk is that she's going to increase the temperature for the fetus that the fetus won't be able to develop. And it's not until the last few weeks of gestation that the fetus is going to grow its own subcutaneous fatty tissues that'll help maintain its temperature after birth. 
So the body system forms during the embryonic period, and the embryo is very vulnerable to uh, damage or genetic malformation from teratogenic materials such as medications, uh, toxic things that are in the air from work. We're looking at uh, maybe lead paint, gasoline, things like that. So as a nurse, you're really going to have to educate mom that she needs to stay away from these things. Mom needs to stay away from any kind of x-rays, CT scans, unless it's absolutely mandatory. No smoking, no alcohol, no drugs, and fetal alcohol syndrome is a result of mom drinking during pregnancy, and it can cause microcephaly, mental retardation, learning disorders, and other central nervous system defects. For infants, our health exams, screening begins um, at birth, again at three months, and then early interventions start at six months if appropriate. Protective measures are uh, immunizations like DTaP, IVP, pneumococcal, MMR, Hib, Hep B, varicella, and influenza. Um, it is recommended that the baby gets fluoride supplements if there's not adequate fluoride in the water. The baby gets screened for tuberculosis, PKU, which is a uh, protein uh, deficiency problem when it comes to being excreted. Babies are going to need prompt attention for any illnesses. And it's also important to teach mom and dad about really good skin hygiene and clothing that's necessary for the baby. Even though babies have subcutaneous fat, they're not always able to uh, regulate their temperature the same way that adults are able to. Safety for infants is, uh, remember, supervision, car seats, cribs, play pens, baths, and home environment safety. Uh, homes shouldn't have lead paint in them. We don't prop bottles. We provide toys that can't be swallowed and choked on or that have sharp edges. And uh, mom needs to remember to eliminate toxins that are in the environment. Things like chemicals, cleaning supplies, she needs to lock them in a cabinet. And to have smoke and carbon monoxide detectors in the home. Babies should be breastfed up until 12 months. Remember, uh, breastfeeding, we can do a football hold. We can do a cradle hold. Um, no propping bottles. Mom needs to hold the bottle for the baby. Uh, formula preparation, we need to have uh, filtered or distilled water. The bottle needs to be warmed if it was stored in the fridge. You can't leave formula bottles out. Breast milk needs to be either frozen or refrigerated after it's been pumped from mom. And the baby needs iron supplements at four to six months. Remember that babies should not have diarrhea. Diarrhea can cause uh, extreme dehydration in babies. And mom needs to establish a sleep pattern early on for the baby. Babies need to be stimulated as far as their senses go. Touch by holding, rocking, cuddling. Uh, vision stimulation is colorful moving toys. They need to hear you talk to them. They need to hear music, soothing tones and play toys that are appropriate for their developmental age. By 15 to 18 months, um, they need to be seen by their primary care provider and dental visits start at age three or the emergence of the first tooth. Toddler safety, we need to have locks on doors, locks on cabinets. They need to be supervised when they're close to water. Again, no pesticides, any kind of uh, gardening material needs to be moved away and still uh, smoke and carbon monoxide detectors in the home. 
babies need to have nutritious meals and snacks. We need to monitor and uh, decrease sugar intake. This is when we're going to start to see um, genetic prevalence of diabetes really start to develop if we're going to give them a lot of sugar as children. We need to keep them at a healthy weight. Babies should be monitored for their height and weight. Obesity in childhood does lead to adult development of diabetes. As far as elimination goes, we can start teaching them toilet training between two and a half and three years old. You're going to end up dealing with some sleep disturbances around this age. It's just a matter of repetition for the child to get them into the sleep stage. They need a health exam every one to two years, starting in preschool. Around the preschool age, they need to learn safety about crossing the street, holding the hand in the parking lot, um, playing safely, wearing helmets on bikes or scooters or skateboards as well as playground safety, and then starting to teach them to avoid touching household cleaning materials. Things are still needing to be left locked in cabinets. Children should be taught proper hygiene, like washing their hands after using the bathroom, how to brush their own teeth with supervision. Around place, preschool age is when they're going to start to get night terrors and or sleepwalking. So parents need to be educated in regard to that. Uh, school age safety comes with sports and other physical activities. They need to wear the proper safety equipment. We need to encourage children to take responsibility for their own safety. So they need to start taking safety water courses, you know, bike safety courses, really reminding them to keep their helmets on, to use elbow and knee pads. And then <clears throat> using positive approaches if they're still having elimination problems, such as enuresis. Play and social interactions for the school age group. They need to be provided the opportunity to have a variety of organized group activities. They need to have realistic expectations of their own abilities. Um, the parents are going to be acting really as a role model and explaining who are good role models that are different from the life that they have. They need to have a home environment that limits TV and video games, that limits uh, what we're calling screen time now and that encourages homework and healthy exercises. For adolescents, they still need to be seen by the primary care doctor, typically yearly. Females need to be educated about their menstrual cycle, males and females about puberty and safe sex. They need to have a screening for tuberculosis, vision and hearing screenings with uh, regular dental assessments. They need to uh, really be taught at this point, driver's education courses, wearing a seatbelt, if they're using a motor scooter or a motorcycle, they need to be taught to wear a helmet and to always wear the helmet. Parents need to be taught to keep the lines of communication open and watch for any signs of substance abuse, emo emotional disturbances, or domestically violent relationships in the teenage years. Teenagers need to be taught appropriate snacks, patterns of food and take and exercise, Parents need to be taught the warning signs of anorexia and bulimia, and children need to start balancing sedentary activities with regular exercise. So we need to understand when it comes to social interactions that they're going to be up and down for adolescents. Parents need to encourage appropriate peer group activities that promote moral and spiritual values of the family, and parents need to realize that they're acting as the role model for those appropriate social interactions. 
Parents need to provide a comfortable home environment for the adolescent and peer group activities and parents' expectations um, around adolescents participating in and contributing to family activities. And when it comes to young adults, we're looking at the 18 year and up range. The females need to have a physical exam every one to three years, males around every five years, regular dental assessments, uh, that's every six months, vision and hearing screenings. Females need to have professional breast exams every one to three years and should be educated to perform their own breast exam at the same time every month, understanding that changes in their menstrual cycle may change the breast tissue, so they need to stay to a day and not the first day of their period or whatever. They need to keep it at the same uh, intervals. Women need to have a pap smear annually within three years of the onset of sexual activity. Males should have a testicular exam every year. And screening for cardiovascular disease should be done in the young adult year. As long as cholesterol tests are normal, they only need to do them every five years. Blood pressure needs to be monitored to detect hypertension and a baseline echo should be done at age 35 with TB skin tests every two years, smoking history and counseling for cessation if needed. So there needs to be regular uh, safety reinforcement for uh, motor vehicles, as well as making sure that the vehicle is insured. Uh, adults need to be reminded for sun protective measures and work safety measures, as well as water safety reinforcement. It is still important to maintain an adequate iron intake in the diet, as well as healthy diet choices and education that can uh, explain cardiovascular disease and poor choices that will lead to cardiovascular disease. Encourage personal relationships that promote discussion of feeling concerns and fears, setting short and long-term goals for work and career choices. Make sure that when you're doing an assessment on an adult, that you are screening for any domestic violence in both male and female partners. Moving on to middle-aged adults, they should have a physical exam every three to five years until the age of 40 and then annually. As far as immunizations are concerned, a, te a tetanus booster every 10 years and a yearly flu vaccine. Regular dental assessments should continue every six months. Eye exams for glaucoma and other eye diseases every two to three years or annually if needed. Breast exam at this point should begin annually by the primary care provider as well as a testicular exam. Again, screening for cardiovascular disease, blood pressure measurements, echo, cholesterol tests is directed by the primary care provider, and screenings for colorectal, breast, cervical, uterine, and prostate cancer. Uh, we need to watch for tuberculosis, and if these uh, middle-aged adults are still smoking, then they need a smoking history and uh, cessation counseling. Remember safety still, motor vehicle safety, especially now when driving at night. This is when we're going to see vision start to decrease. Workplace safety measures. If they work in a place that a hard hat is needed, they need to continue wearing the hard hat. If they need to wear a respirator, etc. Around this stage, we need to make sure that we're keeping hallways and stairways lit and uncluttered smoke detectors, non-skid mats, and handrails in the bathroom if necessary. We need to ensure that there is adequate protein, calcium, and vitamin D in the diet, and that uh, middle-aged adults are still aware of cardiovascular disease risk 
as well as obesity, cholesterol, and fat intake, and that they're still maintaining an exercise regimen. Social interactions, uh, there's a possibility that you can suffer a middle midlife crisis. These patients need to know that they were, um, at this point, we need to explain to patients that they need to make the time to expand and look at their hobbies, see if there's anything else that they want to do. Um, retirement planning should be beginning here with financial and uh, diversional activities and with a partner if appropriate. For our elder patients, we've got total cholesterol and high density lipid protein measurements every three to five years until the age of 75. If the patient is in a high risk group, they should be taking 81 milligrams daily. A diabetes screen every three years if they're in a high risk group. Smoking cessation counseling should absolutely be started if it has not yet already. A mammogram screening every one to two years for women with a clinical breast exam annually for women. Pap smear annually if there's a history of abnormal smears or previous hysterectomy related to a malignancy. Annual digital rectal exam for the males. A prostate specific antigen blood test for males. Both male and female patients should be getting a fecal occult blood test yearly, a sigmoidoscopy every five years, and a colonoscopy every 10. Visual acuity screen should now be done annually along with hearing, uh, depression screening periodically as needed along with family violence. Height and weight measurements should be monitored annually. STD testing should be done for our elderly population with a flu vaccine if they're over 65 or in a high risk group, along with a pneumonia vaccine at 65 and every 10 years after that, and a TD vaccine every 10 years. Safety for our elderly patients, we need to make sure that there's a home safety check to look for things that can cause falls, things that would cause fires, such as uh, fraying electrical cords, loose carpets, anything that is stretching across a walkway. We want to make sure that they're aware that their skin is now thinner and they need to monitor the temperature of their showers. We can ask that they adjust the overall temperature of their water heater. They need to have working smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors in the home. They need to be safe, especially driving at night with the decrease in vision. And the states may require that they have a, a renew of their driver skills evaluation. And we need to have some precautions for uh, accidents with pedestrians. With nutrition and exercise in our elderly group, they need to have fewer comedy calories to accommodate lower metabolic rates, as well as decreased physical activity. We need to make sure that they're getting uh, sufficient amounts of vitamin D and calcium so that we can prevent osteoporosis. Nutritional and exercise factors that can lead to cardiovascular disease need to be educated with the patients. And they need to be aware that they need 30 minutes of moderate physical activity daily or 20 minutes of vigorous physical activity three times per week, whichever is more appropriate. Uh, elderly patients need to be reminded that they need an increase in fiber in their diet with adequate exercise and at least six eight ounce glasses of fluid to prevent constipation, more if needed, depending on the medications that they're taking. Social interaction, we need to encourage intellectual and recreational pursuits as long as well as personal relationships that promote any discussion of feelings, concerns, or their fears.
There needs to be an assessment of risk factors for maltreatment. We want to be on the lookout for any kind of elder abuse. And there is an availability of social community centers and programs for seniors that our patients might need to be educated and or re-educated on.